when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Raptors Over Everything, a podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Swam Lou. Joining me on the line to pass the time in the early September uh, period before training camp is Assad. What's up, man? Um, people have been dying for you to come back onto the podcast and slander teams. Um, I feel like it's disingenuous to just force the slander pod out of nowhere. So I think we can probably just sprinkle some in. But I just really want to set you up up top. Um, did you watch the finish, the conclusion to the Greece versus Brazil game in FIBA World Cup? Oh, man, where uh, X-Raptor, you know, shut down Future Raptor? Yeah, man. It's beautiful. Man. It, uh, the, the... It's really difficult. It's really <laughs> difficult because, like, part of me is like, Giannis is a fraud. The other part of me is like, Giannis is our next guy. So it's like, ah! Uh, I'm more I'm more okay just slandering Chris Middleton going zero 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 oh. zero zero in a FIBA game. <laughs> it was actually hilarious that at the end, like, before, okay, so Chris Middleton ended up getting the game winning free throws. Whatever, there were some free throws at the end of the game. Big deal. You hit two free throws. Um, but like right before the end of um, regulation, the, the USA was down two, and they ran a play to get Chris Middleton a wide open three. <laughs> and as soon as he shot it, I'm like, yeah, that's not going in, man. Honest question, man. How much better is Chris Middleton than Norm Powell, really, if we're being honest? Okay. All right. I don't know. All I right. don't think so, man. All I'm saying is the Bucks got swept, so. Yo, honestly, like, it, it is, it's really funny watching. How you get swept, dog? It's... How you get swept? They, I mean, like, yeah, what was that tweet you put out there? Like, you know, this team hasn't lost, like, more than two games in a row all season, and then they lost four games in a row. <laughs> no, they lost back to back to back. To back uh, the raptors straight up were so used to opening at home 
that they gifted the rat the Bucks two games before sweeping them. They're like, oh crap, the series started. Shit, totally didn't realize we're waiting for our home game. Yo, honestly, that game four against the Bucks, uh, I think that was probably the best example of team basketball I've ever seen out of the Raptors, man. Because like Kawhi was tired. I think he only had like 15 points that game. But yo, Kawhi low key oh my didn't. God. Why Loki wasn't even that good on offense after like game three of the Philly series? His so, body snapped, man. His like, body the dude broke. was basically dying. So let's be real about you know who won the championship for the Raptors. You know, yeah, Fred VanVleet. We'll talk Fred about Van Fred Vliet. in this podcast. Finals MVP, Fred VanVleet. I was, I was sitting beside Chris Haynes in uh in Game Six of the Finals, and he was he had the ballot. Like I saw him like get the paper or whatever. It's not not even a fancy thing. And he was like, "Yo, who should get it?" I literally told him, "I was like, honestly, Fred." And he's like, "Nah, nah, nah." I want to write Kawhi, but I'm like, yo, put Fred on that list. Kawhi's great, but he's never made a unanimous MVP have an entire summer of, like, shookedness. Yeah. Like, buddy, yo, Steph Curry literally looks like Seth Curry right now. And, like, bad Seth Curry. Um, Like, he's been playing little children just to get over the phobia of playing Fred Van Vliet. (laughs) And still missing. And still bricking shots. I know they cut the video, but I saw that brick. I heard it off the rim. <laughs> you can't hide from me, Steph Curry. Oh, Steph. Man. Um, yo, by the way, they they opened Chase Center finally, and they had this, like, super sauceless intro. to the. I'd uh, rather have Killer Kyle Corbin than Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. Okay, all right. Oh man, no, yeah, that Buck series is like is just. I'd rather like, have Rondo. You ain't even heard of Rondo shoot, but at least I know this. It, honestly, in retrospect, with the title in hand, that shit is funny as hell, man. <laughs> Shout out to Zito's brother. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, but yo, that Buck series, it's just crazy, and it's like it's it's really funny now when you see like the 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 depth to which like Bucks fans gotta like really like uh, just you know stretch truth. To sort of like, um, sort of protect their superiority or like sort of like sense of superiority, because like I, I like I I was watching that Brazil game. I saw Bruno block like Giannis at the basket <laughs> for the game saving play, um, and I like tweeted it out. I, I like screen capped it and I put it out, and like my mentions were just filled with Bucks fans being like, "Well, that pass was slightly late from Nick Kalatha, so you know there's no other way Giannis could score." I'm like. There's no other way. Like he couldn't have like, oh, the the, the pass is late. They made pump fake. You know, you know let Bruno go up, is? go up, you know and then the really dunk. Good thing? Bro, the he really got good blocked thing by Bruno. Playing Greece. Yeah, yeah, but here's the really good thing about Giannis playing for Greece. He's gonna realize when he goes back that his Milwaukee Bucks teammates are just <laughs> as good as his Greek national team teammates. He's gonna look up. He's Eric gonna be Blesto seeing like, Bruno that's, Caboclo that's and Nick Marcus with hair. laughing in his dreams. Yo. Shout out to the shout out shout out to the Brazilian coach who's also uh, Croatian and I think like Drazen Petrovic his brother. <laughs> For him to be like, yeah, I knew how to guard Giannis. I got a six foot three guy. <laughs> That's how to guard Giannis. I saw Kyle Lowry tape. Take two charges on the same play. That's how you guard Giannis. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh man. Box fans. You know this. This is the best part of the championship. Is. Literally, anytime I feel down, I just randomly think of a series, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> frauds. <laughs> no, but seriously. The, o- the only team I actually really respect out of the entire finals run, or the playoff run, was the Sixers. And Jimmy Butler in particular. I'm like, man. No, I don't respect the Sixers. I only respect Jimmy Butler, dog. And he actually wasn't even that good. But I know, but he was weirdly good in the clutch. Yeah. Like, anytime they needed something clutch, they got Jimmy Butler, except for Game 7. That, you know, 
game seven. And, like, yo, that Sixers yeah. series would have been over in five if Kawhi didn't, like, you know, die. Like, if Kawhi uh, didn't lose half of me, they would have wrapped him up in five. It would have been done. I don't know about we five. We all know this as fact. I don't know about five. Bruh. Bro, Pascal was looking tough. In that game three, from, when dude, he tripped You went from shooting beat. 65% from the floor to shooting, like, basically only 40. And it wasn't like they changed up their defense too much. It was just more just like, this guy literally cannot lift off the ground anymore. Yeah. I'm just saying they're frauds, bro. You saw it in their eyes. I respect Jimmy. I respect uh, – who do I also have to respect in the playoff run? I don't honestly, I don't, I really don't respect anyone on the Bucks, man. Like the coach, the players, Giannis. Like, Giannis, I, I appreciate that he I worked hard. But like, I appreciate Giannis because yeah. he's a really good player and he's taking, like, basically the Phoenix Suns to the Eastern Conference Finals. Seriously, man. Really? Like, it's just, like, Eric It's Bledsoe, not a good group. It's terrible. Yo, they Greg Popovich would literally. They lost their only other plus player. Actually, no, they have Brooke Lopez. They have two plus, they had two plus players on their team and they lost one of them. Yo. They would rather – Greg Popovich is coaching team USA. He's looking at these guys in depth, and he's like, at the end of the game, I would rather have Joe Harris close it instead of Brooke Lopez. Buddy, we would rather like, have Harris. DeMar DeRozan than Chris Middleton in the playoffs. Yeah. That's how bad things are. Yeah. No, that, that I don't respect him on the Bucks. Like, I respect Steph. I, I really do. Like, I mean, whatever. He, he got sunned by Steph a couple of times, but he was like – Doing his best, he was really impactful. I respect Clay a ton. Clay well, is amazing. The, the Bucks' entire team was length, and they couldn't stop five foot ten Kyle Lowry <laughs> from putting up like twenty points a game on their ass. Or Fred, seventy one percent true shooting, baby. Oh man, twenty points a game too. Like, bro, how how are you that tall and you lost to short dudes? Oh, you're so trash. I can't wait till they get exposed this season too. It's gonna be great. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I could see a scenario where they lose to the Heat. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. It's not even slander. Like I really just I can see it. Like if the Bucks are the one seed. You know, Jimmy Butler team probably gonna be the A seed. Let's be real. <laughs> and uh, you know, it'll be real tough. It could go six games at least. That's what no, I'm saying. No, the way it's gonna go is Jimmy Butler's gonna embarrass the Sixers in the first round. Oh man, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, and you know he would love it, too. Like, he would just relish it. Oh, yeah. Like, it'll basically be like that Timberwolves practice he had with the third stringers. Yeah. Just Except- in, like, a playoff series. <laughs> ben Simmons ben- playing the role of, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> or, I guess, Andrew Wiggins. Joel Embiid has, like, a stomach virus again. Oh, man. Uh, Jimmy just keeps sending him Osmos. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, uh, he comes to the hotel room. He's like, how did this picture of Shirley Temple is this already here? And it's like, well. Um, all right, let's talk about this basketball for a bit. Let's talk about the oh, basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, um, so there's not much going on. Like, let's be real. There's not much going on. So I have four contrived topics. Really, three of them are the Raptors. One of them is what I can in the basketball. Um, let's start with the first one. I saw this on Reddit. Shout out to whoever was on Reddit who, who put this up. But he kind of made the point, like, or he asked a question he or she how good can the raptors be on defense and when you really think about it if you're a good defensive team it's just like such a nice baseline for what you're gonna do like as long as you're like comp you're you're really good defensively and the raptors have like really good defensive talent and they should be a really good defensive team just like they were last year even though they lost two of the best defenders on the wing in the nba but um 
if you're a pretty good defensive club, you're pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs. And I looked at it last year. Out of the top 15 teams in defensive rating, 14 of them made the playoffs. The only exception being Memphis, which um, they had Marcus Gasol and they traded him for JV and, you know, like whatever. The, their season did start going south before that. But, you know, 14 out of 15. So if you're literally just an above average defensive team, you will make the playoffs. And if you look at it, Raptors got Gasol and Ibaka in the middle. That's like elite defensive production from center. You got Siakam, who is very good for a power forward. You got Kyle Lowry, who is um, a great team defender. Fred, to a lesser degree, is a very good team defender. You got depth off the bench with Stanley Johnson, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Pat McCaw. You know, they're not going to be that much offensively, but defensively, those three are very, very good. And, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you break and it this, down. And the one, and I'll be honest, the one thing this list misses completely is that OG Ananobi gets to play the wing again. That's true. That's which true. Which he is, like, he is a beast on the like if he gets to play perimeter defense he's an actual monster Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that one thing like i'll say about this raptor lineup is they can generally put out a lineup where they can have offense and still have four to five plus defenders on the floor okay and with that they have guys who have continuity playing with each other like they have six dudes that have been playing with each other for at least a season ish and you have at least like five dudes who have played multiple seasons together almost. So you've got a lot of chemistry. And that also matters in, uh, when it comes to defense, especially when you have a uh, similar coach going, similar defensive principles, even if they're changing up from year to year. Um, you're still getting kind of core core schemes are fairly similar. So it gives them a lot of knowledge going into the season that gives them an upper hand to have a good defensive rating. And finally, since they get to play the East a lot, like just being able to put a bunch of guys out there who don't need help defense is like you're going to be a top defensive team. And like here's the thing, like I was talking about this at work today actually. It was one of the big items. I was like, look, when you talk about the big big matchup issues in the Eastern Conference, which is where you're going to play the majority of your games, uh you have Marcus All who can who's basically a stop like Marcus All to a lesser degree Ibaka is a major like probably one of the best defensive options you have against a Giannis and against a Joel Embiid. Uh, then you have Siakam, uh, Stanley Johnson, you have Ronda Hallis Jefferson, OG that give you basically really big switchy wings. Yep, They're that can like go six, on eight. any any of the wings in the Eastern Conference minus Kevin Durant. Like yeah. literally, Kevin Durant is probably the only matchup problem. Him and Kyrie Irving are probably the only two people that the Raptors' uh, defensive personnel might have trouble keeping up with at, like, a one-on-one basis. So now you have, like, you know you have a coach that has a good uh, defensive scheme, a championship defensive scheme, uh, and you have a bunch of dudes who know how to play defense in a team concept. So there's, like, this is going to be a really freaking good defensive team. I expect them to be top five, if not at least top seven, top eight at the minimum like i think that should be like the baseline yeah and like oof and that's like a, they're not like they're not weak defenders like you can point like siakam should have been second team all defense probably last season yep uh marcus all has been like a consistently plus defender whether you put him on all an all defense team still or not mm. he's and like he's in for great the shape, center, by the way which yeah, that's one that's the one position, positive takeaway from the spain games is yeah. like I mean, I was worried that, like, he's going to win the championship mark and then he's going to, like, you know, whatever. 
the rest of my career is whatever. But, you know, I've achieved the mountaintop. But no, he looks very slim. He looks very trim and very yeah. mobile. He had to, he had to play international basketball, so he stayed yeah. in shape, and that's incredible. And Ibaka's been staying away from pizza all summer, which is pretty good. <laughs> uh, he's been avoiding cardboard at Pizza Pizza, which is good. Uh, you can take that out. I don't know if that's a sponsor. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, no. They're, they're going to get the slander, okay, yeah. too. He's been, avo- he's been avoiding cardboard at Pizza Pizza, so that's good. And Lowry looks like he's in pretty good shape over what you see over the, I, yo, the summer. But I think it's Lowry just because his hair's long. You I think it's just with his hair long. <laughs> I think Lowry's one of those guys where, like, it, different pictures will tell very different stories of the same guy. You know? Like, in some pictures, you're like, whoa, what's going on? And other pictures are like, wow, spelt Lowry back. It, it's just all angles with him. It just depends. Yeah, it's angles and zoom. He's a small guy. Yeah, yeah. But, no, Lowry's going to show up. He's going to show up. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, the, the amount of youth on the team. I, I also like the fact that like it seems like they made a concerted effort to get guys who are not just you know young and energetic, but also like pretty disciplined defenders. You know, like I, I don't really see a lot of these guys being like foul prone. I don't really see these guys like jumping and trying to p- play for steals and stuff like that. Like these are very generally solid players. Who, yeah, they're limited offensively, but defensively they're really good. And like if you mentioned, man, like if they're top seven or better defensively like you're i mean i'm not i'm not too worried about the raptors making the playoffs so long as they don't make any like tear down moves but yeah like you know it's just a good basis to have um, and that's one of those things right where the raptors can put out like a mixed unit where you have like a like a transition unit yep and going up against other teams second units and majority of the teams are not going to have the offensive capabilities to still deal with the raptors defense at that point so that's where you're going to get a lot of that back mm-hmm and if you let Siakam play, and here's the big thing, right? You let Siakam play with a second unit that's really tight defensively, and you're causing a lot of like broken plays, a lot of turnovers, a lot of late shot clock jumpers that are leading the long rebounds. Yeah, that's going to open up that transition offense when you have a lot of youth, and you also have Pascal Siakam, uh, the greatest fast break, uh, the greatest player on the fast break in the NBA. Uh, that's not a fraud. Uh, you know, you're gonna do. <laughs> You're gonna. Are you talking about John Wall? Are you talking about Giannis? No, talking Giannis. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. John Wall is very broken at this point. Um, Yeah, that's I think a given. Yeah, it's gonna be a ridiculous defensive season. Okay, that's the first one. So the Raptors will be really good on defense. Shout out Ryder for that one. One more time. The other one I had of the three contrived Raptor topics. I feel like, and we've discussed it in our chat, the Raptors are kind of one trade away from not necessarily going to the championship, but, you know, of basically getting back to a point where, you know, after Kawhi leaves, all right, that's a big thing. And it's not something you just replace out of nowhere. Definitely not. Not at all, right? But we have here a team that is basically set up perfectly for a star player to come in, and we have an infrastructure that literally just went to the finals and won. Um, and I'm looking at guys like I think Bradley Beal's at the very top of this list, and it's not the first time that Bradley Beal's been discussed on this podcast. Um, there's not really anything necessarily tangible linking Bradley Beal to the Raptors, but it's sort of Bradley Beal's that kind of guy where you know he has a huge extension on the table from the Wizards. The Wizards basically fired their GM. They they fired Ernie Grunfeld for the you know after like twenty something years. I don't know. I got to check with Cash, but like. You know, they fired their GM. They go on a very long search. They wait for months. They their target is Masai, but then Masai is like, "No, I'm not. I'm good." So 
they literally just like, all right, we have nobody. We'll just promote the guy who was the, the interim GM, and no one really knows what he's doing. And so the extension's out there, and Bradley hasn't signed it. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's like two hundred plus million. He hasn't really signed it. Um, and it just makes sense that okay, you know, if the Wizards want to ever tear it down, Bradley Beal's probably the guy you got to take out of that equation. And again, coming back to the Raptors, like this team, they kind of just need a lead guy on top of everything else because we've seen, you know, the rest of it works as a supporting cast. It is an elite supporting cast. Um, and so, you know, Bradley Beal's probably an example of if the Raptors somehow get the hands on that guy, then all of a sudden we're talking about a very different team. Um, first off, do you think it's realistic at all if you're talking about a package of like OG and Ibaka and like two picks to get Bradley? Is that realistic or is there another team that's going to blow that shit out of the water? I don't even know. The thing with Bradley Beal is just like there is – honest to God, there's – like what is the value in the Wizards actually trading Bradley Beal? Like the only value is if he decides to walk and he's, what, two years away from actual free agency? It might be one of those like uh, we'll give you Paul George, but you got to take Westbrook. Kind yeah. Of thing. And it's like you got to take John Wall. And, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Know. It's like who the hell – no one's going to take John Wall. I'm good, yeah. Maybe – Honestly, maybe maybe Houston will when Russell Westbrook doesn't work out. <laughs> wow, well we're trading broken Russell Westbrook for very very broken Russell Westbrook. Yeah, or maybe Phoenix decides that John Wall's the guy that's going to get him to the playoffs. Who knows? Oh god! Like my thing is like they're probably like they're more likely to be able to kind of trade that John Wall contract in the next year or two for like. Another crap contract, but like might be Andrew Wiggins. Mm. Like if you get Andrew Wiggins for John Wall, the, oh, the crazy thing is John Wall makes like ten more million than Andrew Wiggins. He makes so much makes money, forty it's million. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. Just right? to do like, the little Dougie dance that he does. Yikes! Like do maybe you can trade. I can't like that's the thing. You don't have any trade partners for him. You're probably and like I I just don't see what the value in trading for Bradley Beal is. I think you're already in purgatory. So, but if, hold if, on if he's not willing to sign that extension, he's going to walk. Then you got to do something. Then right? you got to do something, and that's something that's you know taking this. I would I would I would rather see him walk. To be honest, like that's true. I would love to see him walk away from that much money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're we're talking about like a quarter mil, or like a quarter like, of a billion, and it's his first, and it's his first big, big deal. So like, I doubt it. So I just don't think it's realistic because I don't think the Wizards are going to trade him. But the Wizards could just be really dumb and decide to trade him, and in that case, they could literally accept any offer, and I have no idea what that offer would be. Maybe they trade Bradley Beal for Jimmy Butler in a year. Oh man. Yeah. Uh... That's the thing. Miami's got the contracts to like just trade for it. Any it makes more sense to have the two of them together. That would be a nice combo, Bradley yeah. Beal and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. yeah. If Miami packages all their crap salary, I don't even know what that equals, and they get John Wall and Bradley Beal off the Wizards' books. Honestly, Miami might just do it, you know? Um, yeah. I, I've, I think players are known to go to Miami and get uh, re- rejuvenated. Yeah. So... Okay, but Bradley Beal and the Raptors. Is it realistic yeah. for that package? It's not realistic, but let's imagine a world where he is realistic, and let's say that deal, OG Ibaka plus picks is enough for him. Mm. Which, okay, okay, you make it because Bradley Beal is pretty dope. I feel like the only thing is when you trade Ibaka, like I know he's just like uh, he's uh, expiring, 
But I feel like that kind of kills your whole we're one trade away from being a contender. Okay. Because I feel like then you end up with a team that's like just short bodies. Like the one thing right now is like you had Kawhi, but then you had five, six starters around him. Yeah. Like if you're trading away like a starter and a half to get Bradley Beal, who's like half of a superstar, then I don't know if that totally works. Um, you'd still be like, I think you'd still be like a 55 win team. You'd just be uh, more playoff competitive. Yeah, definitely. So you'd probably top out at like the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe you get lucky, you get to the finals, right? Mm. Uh, but that, that's like what I see Bradley Beal kind of moving the needle for the Raptors. Like he would be the needle where it's like, hey, maybe they got a chance in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Because right now it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just get there. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think. I think it'll make them competitive, but it's not necessarily the move that's like, all right, guarantee the Raptors are going back. Even to the East Finals, you know what I mean. Like if you run into Philly, for example, that team is just matchup wise. It's there's so, they're going to be such there's going to be so much size that like I don't really see a six four guy really shooting their way through a seven game series. I don't know. Yeah, I know. but that, that's but what, also said, like, like Bradley Beal is amazing. Like, I really like Bradley Beal as a player. But yeah. you also don't. Here's the thing. I just want to talk about Philly really, really quickly. Yeah. Who the like, bro? If Ben Simmons can't shoot this season. What the hell are they going to do on offense? Honest to God, Josh what is Richardson. their spacing going to be? They don't have any shooters. No, they really don't. They really don't. And they I, – like I, Josh Richardson. How much better a shooter is Josh Richardson than Pascal Siakam? I don't think he is. Mm, I think it's pretty close. Mm. Like, I mean, Pascal is definitely that's, way better as a player. But, no, nah, Josh Richardson is going to do some things, man. As a man. shooter? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I'm just saying, like, that team – it's tough. It's a tough Who look. Even dribbles like, the they ball. Got, like they beyond... barely have they barely have five dudes, and like you know, Tobias Harris is not a playoff dude. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. He's a shook yeah, one. He's, he's a shook good. one. So he's what are you gonna good. do? What are they gonna do playoff time? He's Chris, Horford, he's Chris Middleton with a headband, man. Bro, like that team's gonna have to win games scoring eighty points. Yeah, and they might. They might. They're defensively. They're, they might. They're, they're really talented. Incredible, but, like, but they also still don't have a bench, and I don't think Elton Brand's a good GM. So. I don't see them like they haven't made a good buyout move for like two years, right? Last year, what did they do at the buyout? They got Monroe. They got Greg Monroe, who like temporarily hey. had a couple of like moments against the Raptors, but also we're talking about Greg Monroe, man. Like, where is Greg Monroe? I don't <laughs> even then, think he's in the NBA right then, now. No, he he went to uh, what country did he go to? He's playing overseas. Where? I remember he signed a contract somewhere. I forgot where. I where? think he's in Turkey. I don't know somewhere. All right. But yeah. So we're gonna what? What are we gonna do with that championship ring for Greg Monroe? Then we're we gonna ship it to him. I don't know. Yeah, ship it to him. I guess. Word. Just come home in the middle four to, day. Four to six weeks. China Air. <laughs> He's getting that DHS Express. To Canada, twenty three, twenty three percent, ninety seven percent of our deliveries get there in eight weeks. Don't worry. Oh my god. <laughs> the ring gets there. It asks, "Can you please leave a rating?" Yeah, you get that, we get that weird voicemail with that, like, that Chinese woman that tells you, like, yeah. you're, set, you're like, am I getting scammed? It's like, oh, no, you have a package. You're like, oh, okay, word. <laughs> um, okay, Bradley Bill. Not necessarily over the top. It would cost a lot to get him. Okay, I, I see that point. What about a guy like D'Angelo Russell? So okay, he's look, eminently uh, available. Even though this, the Warriors <laughs> just signed him, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you're not, don't, don't buy a house. Don't buy a house in San Fran. A, it's too expensive, and B, like, you're not gonna be here long, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird fit, 
it's a really weird fit, but you know, maybe you bring in D'Angelo Russell and that's an upgrade over Fred, I, I guess. And you know, I, I kind of talked myself out of it to be honest. It's just because he's gettable. What so I actually, I actually heard this at Pickup Ball the other day, and oof, the hot takes were flying. I look, I'm, I love D'Lo, right? Like he was my rookie as a Laker. Like I was You're talking all about in he on was your D-Lo rookie, team. like you were Carlos Boozer rookie, on that man. team or something. Yeah, I, mean, I was a Laker fan for like 15 years, man. 15 year vet. Uh huh. And we get D'Lo. I'm like, all right, young gun, you the next one up, right? When he hit the game Why winner are you in the Uncle final Drew game. Right now? When he hit the game winner in the final game and. That was for his grandma or granddad. I forgot who passed away, but someone, and he dedicated to them. I think he had 41 or something. Ice in his Great veins. moment before, you know, Magic got rid of him. Uh, Great eyebrows. Yeah. Magic salary dumped him, uh, salary dumped, uh, used him for a salary dump. But anyways, my thing with D'Angelo, and honestly, here's the thing. I, I think for the Raptors, I don't really. The one thing that after getting Kawhi and Danny is, uh, I don't ever want to see an offensive player on our team that is not, like, at least a at least a like net zero defender. Like, bro, you got to be able to play defense. Otherwise, you're just not going to do it in the playoffs. I think like if you yeah. can't play defense in the playoffs, I don't want you on the team. And the big thing with D'Angelo that I have an issue with is if his shot's not falling, like he has like, like it's kind of like Kyle Lowry where if his shot's not falling, his offense kind of tanks because he doesn't really have a drive game. Mm-hmm. Like he has a bit of a floater game, but even that's like if he really doesn't like contact, man. He like he his free throw rate is contact, super terrible slow. free throw. Like his free throw rate is like basically the same, or if not less than Kyle Lowry at like age thirty four. It's so. like Terrence Ross esque. Yeah, like the free throws he's shooting kind of is scary. like he's fouled and he's on a jump five. shot. Like he's six five, so yeah. he's a big guard, and he's he doesn't really have a first step. Like he has a shifty game, he doesn't mm-hmm. have a first step though. Um, so like again with him, like he's always like. Like he's probably a good offensive player, I think, but I I I worry about him not being a star and actually being more of a six man type guy. Mm. Like he might be a superstar six man. Yeah, he might be. He might right? be like a really overpowered Lou Williams. Like he's a like he's an incredible passer. Like he has incredible vision. But like when you can't create the advantages yourself, like I don't know how that's gonna age. I don't know how that contract's gonna age. Um like if he's making twenty five a year. Yeah. Uh, and also like how many times, like, why would you give up assets for a guy that the team that just signed him is like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, wait, we have to. I mean, yeah. so we give him, eh, you know, like, we, like, we're just maximizing our assets. We don't really want to give him the max, but we're like, eh. eh. Like, that's, that's really kind of like, like, that's like red alert number one. Like, when mm. the team that just signed him doesn't really want him and they have to actually come out and do a press conference and be like, no, we didn't sign him with the intent to trade him. Wink, 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 wink. I don't know where you're getting that news from, every single reputable reporter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't see him as a fit, man. And I agree with yeah. you about the point with, like, the, the. I think what the Raptors found in this playoffs was, like, a defensive identity. And I think in going forward, like, I think the team is going to try to emphasize that, especially based on you look at the moves they made this offseason. Like, clearly defense was a priority. And, like, you're not going to do that and then all of a sudden turn around to get D'Angelo Russell, so. I think with D'Angelo, he's a like he's a big pick and roll guard. Like mm-hmm. he's a, like ball dominant. He's a pick and roll guard. Like the Raptors after this season, like who's like they don't have any role threats on their team. They're like their offense kind of is more motion. Yeah. Uh, like they do have like pick and roll elements, right? Like a lot. Of, like you can think of it. Ibaka pick and roll runs a lot. Mm-hmm. But then the other elements of the office, like Marcus at the elbow, 
or they're running motion sets, right, where you have some off-ball screens, yep. off-ball action. Like, I don't know, like, how useful. Uh, D'Angelo's a plus passer, so he'd probably be useful, but, like, his main set is a pick-and-roll, so who would be his pick-and-roll partner going forward yeah. if you have him on a four- or five-year deal, right? And I don't know if that's the best use of Pascal. No. Um, no. So I don't know if he's the best partner for a Pascal Siakam. So, all right. Yeah. Another guy that might fit a little bit better. A very, very diet Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal with bigger teeth. Buddy, Buddy Heald. Yeah. Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's interesting. He's, he's interesting. not bad. He's really improved himself, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of watching Buddy Heald. He moves around a lot. Like, he's actually one of those guys, you watch him, you're like, man, I would hate to cover this guy. He's literally just running And all he the time. shoots at, like, a like legit ridiculous clip. Yeah, he's a really, really good shooter. Um, and he now, can do a little bit off the bounce, so it's not yeah, terrible. But. Yeah, he's, like, pretty good in transition, too. Like, you definitely want to play up-tempo with him. Um, really healthy as well, by the way. Uh, played 82 games yeah. his first season, 80 games second season, 82 games last year as well. So that that's a positive. And, yeah, last year... 7.93 point attempts per game. He shot 43%. 21 points, 5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Now, obviously, it's not a, it's not a guy Sacramento necessarily was going out there and trying to trade. But if Sacramento, you know, if the West is super really intense and, you know, things go a little bit south for him, I could maybe see them being like, I don't know if we Does Sacramento already give him, him money? No, not yet. Or is he up for an extension? Yeah. He's, and he's their up for problem the extension is like Pascal if they, is. If they, get, if they have to give him money then that locks them from, like, if they have to, they're looking at Giles Bagley, Giles Bagley, De'Aaron Fox, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's kind of their core, right? If that's wrong. And they already yeah. locked in Harrison Barnes. For no reason. So that's why, like, <laughs> Nobody I asked them to I do that. I think their money's tight. I think their money's tight, which is a little weird. They got no and money have, for him, though. They got no money for him. I looked into the cap space. So, basically, the big contracts are Harrison Barnes and Corey Joseph. Yeah. And, like, Corey Joseph's third year is unguaranteed. So oh, it's so really a two years. So they have money long term for him. But I mean, okay. it's gonna be Fox and Heal. They basically got to decide very quickly. Like, do we do we have two max guys on our, our hands? Because based on the market, like I think Heal is gonna get pretty close to the max. Mm, yeah, and maybe he deserves it. I don't know, man. You're getting a player in his prime who, who just. What would you have to trade for Heal though? Right now, that's the weird thing, right? Like, I feel like you can give them like a prospect and like another another pick and basically tell him like hey you can sort of like kick the ball down the line in terms of your your future but i yeah. mean i don't know that's that, that also might sound really low it's a weird guy to trade for because his salary is so low yeah so again that's a like i don't know how that trade will work mm. salary wise i also don't know how much prospects you want to give away for buddy Hill with the risk on it if he leaves in a year or like if what you have to extend him for I the dollar amount I mean, you basically decide like am i going to pay this guy basically yeah, basically. And I don't know if they're – I don't know if you want to lock money into Buddy Heald at 26. Uh, actually, uh, he he's now 27. He's now 27? Yeah, so now he's locking into like – It was actually hilarious <laughs> last year. He was just like, yo, by the way, uh, I don't know why everyone's been saying I'm 25 and 26. <laughs> His like, mom's like, knew stop like, lying to people. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like the Kings knew this too. I don't know why nobody's updated this. <laughs> like someone just—that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's a weird trade to get off, but I mean, like Bradley Hill is like almost like the perfect guy to put around a guy like Pascal. Like plays up tempo, um, plays off the ball, really good floor spacer. Um, you know, definitely thrives in sort of a lot of movement. 
Mm. And it's it's a guy who I think he's like proven that he really wants to get better. Like he's not necessarily a guy you look at. You're like this guy is super super skilled, but for him to basically like he made a lot of improvements in his college career, um, and then for him to come to the NBA, get traded very early on in that boogie deal, and then steadily improve his game to the point where like. Man, we're talking about a guy who was like almost top ten in scoring last year. Like, I have a lot of respect for Buddy Hield. Yeah, no, he's a he's an interesting cat. I'll be honest; yeah. I have no idea how to rank him at all. But like, because then he he also plays in Sacramento, so it's really weird. Yeah, like you don't know what value to put on stats there. But like, man, he's interesting. He's a really fun guy to watch. That's the one thing. Like, yeah. you have him on your team, you're gonna really enjoy watching him. So I don't mind that. I don't know what he'd be in the playoffs though. Um, he is on the smaller side of the shooting yeah, guard, right? Yeah. He's like, what, 6'4"? Yeah, 6'3". So. Yeah. yeah. And he's not as physical but as like, I, a guy like Beal. Like, I, I'm not worried about Beal exactly. being 6'4", because he's like, you'll just play through anything. He's tough as nails. Buddy, I don't know. Um, the other guy I have targeted, Karis LeVert. He seems like a prime trade candidate on the Nets. They just extended him, but like, where are they going to give him minutes? They got Kyrie Irving, they got Kevin Durant, and they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, he's going to be like the fourth option. Um, but he's just newly signed to a three-year deal. It seems like a prime trade candidate. And if you look at sort of what the Nets are missing in terms of pieces, they need a big. They can't be rolling out there with DeAndre Jordan. And, I mean, even Jared Allen, like, okay, cool. He's a nice energy guy off the bench. Maybe he can start for you, but also realistically, he's not necessarily a full-on starting caliber playoff big. Um you know, and it just so happens the Raptors got some bigs, and uh, you know, Levert will fit nicely with the Raptors. I, I like Levert's game a lot. He's uh, really great off the dribble, um, defends well, very fearless player. He has an injury history, which is unfortunate, um, and not just this recent injury. He had a couple injuries, you know, before that as well. But um, he's had injury history before he even got drafted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's interesting, man, and he's on a pretty nice deal. Three years, like fifty-one million, like pretty team friendly. Especially if he continues yeah. to just stay healthy. So, again, with all these guys, like you're not gonna like this trade would happen like closer to midseason, mm-hmm. so you'd have a lot more data to kind of work with um, at that point. But that's interesting. Um, also, I think the one trade like it didn't really get brought up, but uh, I think you brought it up earlier. It was like if the Celtics were willing to trade Gordon Hayward. Oh God! If you actually no. wanted Gordon Hayward, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Or if they're willing no, no, no. to give up Jalen Brown, yo, yo, no they, mega players. They need team, a power please. forward, dog. Send Jalen Brown over, and we can give you a Baca. Why not? I guess we can make it work. Why not? Yo, remember when they remember when they wouldn't trade uh they who was it? Uh, Terry Rozier. Terry won Terry Rozier. He's better than Paul George. He's better than Jimmy Butler. Oh God, uh, bro, Jalen Brown. Why would you trade for Kawhi when you already have young Kawhi? Why would you do that? We have 10 years. 10-year window, baby. <laughs> 10 years. We're going to get Anthony Davis. Yo, I don't understand. Like, the national media just loves talking about how much guard talent the Sixers, or the uh, the Celtics have. And I'm like, it's a nice backcourt. But, like, how much are we really talking about? Like, we're talking about Mark. What's okay, their, so Kemba's yo, great. What's their, what's their top eight rotation, bro? What is their top eight rotation? So it's it's Kemba. They've got three Tatum. dudes who have like any like actual like semblance of like that you can trust them on a basketball court. One dude who has basically one foot, and then the other guy is Ennis Cantor, who I love, Muslim brother. Yo, I love you, Ennis. Yeah, but, but come on, come man. on, come Ennis Cantor. Bro, he was on the Knicks like last year. 
Like, buddy, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Yo, but people keep talking about the guard. Like, like unless, unless I'm just Brad like, Stevens not that play good, power man. forward for them. Like, what are who are they beating? Like, who? How is that team gonna play defense? I just want to know. They're not gonna play defense, man. They're not gonna play defense. They were already really bad last year, and then they lost their best defensive player now, Horford. Like their offense yeah. did not get better, and their defense got worse, and their offense was already not good last season. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, like they that were winning games ninety to ninety. Like, what is that team gonna do? But they're the third best team in the East. For sure. Yeah, that was weird. Right, but that's I mean, also the, that was I think. They, and hey, they might go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Honestly, they have an outsider chance. Oh, God. And like, yeah, sure, of course you have an outsider chance if every other team in the East gets injured. Yeah, you can make the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, the Celtics are uh, the team of privilege. Let's let's leave it at that. Um, oh. Okay, moving on. This one I've already talked about on the podcast before, but I looked into it a little bit more, and I'm like starting to slowly talk myself into it. I'm not saying Fred VanVleet can become as good as Kyle Lowry. I don't think that's realistic. But I feel like there's one almost simple change in Fred's game that can make him more Lowry-esque. And really what I'm talking about is I if he starts taking threes at an absurd rate, I don't even know absurd, I just mean like become more aggressive with his threes. If you look at basically the way Kyle Lowry's career has progressed, every single time he improves his three-point shot, and there's a couple times he's done it, like early in his career in Houston, he really made himself a good three-point shooter, and then later in his career in Toronto, he made himself an elite three-point shooter. Every time he made a jump in his three-point shooting, Kyle Lowry's game went to a different level. Now, granted, what Kyle gives you is everything. Like He gives you great defense. He gives you pretty good passing. He gives you um, you know, really heads-up play. He pushes the pace. And these are things that Fred just doesn't necessarily have the same aptitude for. But I'm talking about in terms of scoring and shooting, I don't think Fred is actually much worse of a shooter than Kyle is, to be honest. Fred is a really good shooter, is what I'm saying. I'm not putting Kyle down at all. And I'm seeing, like, maybe, maybe if Fred really became a form of a featured guy, he sort of make a leap like Kyle did. Because if you look at their age 24 numbers, like, they're kind of similar. Like, 24, that's when Kyle really broke out, became a starter full-on for the first time. He averaged about 14 points a game, you know, um, you know, six assists, you know, like he shot 37% from three. And if you look at the way Fred was playing when he was a starter last season, um, which he did start for 22 games. It's like not a small sample necessarily. I mean, he was averaging like basically the same numbers, like 50, like 14 points, like six assists, shooting like 42% from three, like – you know, if he can kind of extend that throw the course of regular season and he can sort of, you know, just fire up a couple more threes, like, we might not be that far off by Fred being a starting caliber point guard. Am I crazy about this? Uh, I'm just going to couch the statement a little bit. Like, all that's factual, but you're comparing Fred Van Vliet to becoming, like, late, like, late, late prime uh, Kyle Lowry. Because the one thing... The one thing that Fred is missing from his game that Kyle Lowry has and that Fred can never make up is Kyle always had like exceptional bounce and explosion when he got to the rim. Mm, yeah. For a small guard, Definitely. basically until about like a year or two ago, where he like legit was like, Oh crap, he can get up. Yeah. Like, where he's yep. like doing a tip dunk at the all star game for a five nine guy. It's like, okay. <laughs> so he always had that where he gets like pretty far up in the air, can take contact and then finish. Fred just does not have that at he all. He doesn't have that. Yeah. And he's never gonna really get that. But the one thing I do believe in is that, and we saw that in the finals, and we saw that against the Bucks series, is Fred started to speed up his decision making in the playoffs, mm-hmm. where he became became more aggressive when he was up up at the top of the key, 
And like some of the big shots that he hit in game six to shut it down and close it down. Like it was a tie game. It was close. And they were literally just come off the screen, read it quickly, and just boom, boom, step back, set your feet, boom, three in your face. Yeah. And that's a shot that Fred can kind of basically take whenever he wants. Exactly. Uh, Especially if he can just shoot more of those, I don't really see why he couldn't. Yeah. You know, and the big thing was at the step beginning up as a season, score. Like, like you got like this season, it's hard to kind of look at the three point shooting percentage because a, they didn't really have an offense in place for like a lot of the season. It was kind of in and out. This season is going to have a much more standardized role. He's going to play probably more with Lowry, um, so you'll be a little bit off ball a little bit more too. And the bigger thing is, I think, just in terms of confidence and having a healthy thumb. Uh, now that he has two thumbs for the entire series, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. the entire season. If you just if he like this is a big thing about when you make a championship run is guys learn how to make decisions a lot faster and learn how to trust their decisions a lot more. So now none of these guys like none of these guys are gonna lack confidence shooting a sh- shot that might be outside of the offense that they would have thought was outside of the offense before. It's like crap, I shouldn't take the shot. I should get the ball to Kawhi or maybe I should work it around for a better shot right now. It's like no man, I've hit this shot in the finals. I'm gonna go take this shot. Mm. Right. So I think like once that decision making speed increases and like you have that confidence that you've done at the highest level, there's no reason why that can't start bearing fruit in the regular season. Um, I do think like I'm not saying he's going to be a Kyle Lowry by any means, but I can definitely see Fred Van Vliet being like a prime Jameer Nelson, which is a pretty okay. damn good yeah. point guard. Like that's yeah, a yeah. damn good starting point guard. Yeah. And that's where he'd be. Same skill set, really, uh, basically. Yeah, and that's basically the same type of build, same type of skill set, same type of athleticism, really. Um, he's a bit bigger than uh, Jameer Nelson, though, which is kind of good. Uh, but Fred, like, that's the one thing I do look forward to Fred this season. I could see him averaging 12 to 13 points a game this season. Yeah. I mean, like, low-key, he averaged 11 the last year. Every time I look yeah. at it, I'm like, what? 11? It's weird to think down about. But, yeah, he averaged 11 points. And it, it, actually, he actually started 28 games. And, he again, he, he scored, like, 15 points a game as a starter. Yeah. That's not nothing. You know, we know Fred can definitely score a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's going to top out as something closer to a Jameer Nelson type. I actually think the one thing that might limit Fred a little bit in terms of, like like you mentioned, with Kyle, one of the great things about him having, like, that bounce is that, like, he gets up really high when he shoots the jumper. Now, he doesn't do it nowadays. Um, I think he's a little bit closer to the ground. He doesn't really lift off. But, like, I'm talking, like, Pete Kyle Lowry, like, 2016, 2017, a little bit in 2015, like that guy when he comes across the screen and he just like, like jumps into the air. He's very powerful when he jumps and he has a lot of leg in his shot, um, and he gets up really high. And, he, and for a short guy like he, you know, you gotta jump a little bit higher than the average person just to get your shot off. And I don't feel like Fred has that same kind of thing. Like if Fred's gonna shoot over a guy bigger than him, he's gonna, just gonna shoot a higher and try to shoot a rainbow. Whereas yeah, Kyle and Fred, and Fred always, jump. Fred always, if you see him, he's usually pulling the ball back, gets his feet set, and then pulls. Even though it's a pretty quick, like move, like he'll pull the ball back, mm-hmm. get both feet set, and then shoot. Um, so he's very much like uh, he's got to have both his feet set to get a shot off, because not getting off. But he puts a lot of arc on his shot, so he yep. will. Like I don't, I don't remember seeing Fred get blocked too much from three. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, he's pretty good at getting the shot off. And, and he's like, got range oh, too. Like if he needs yeah. to like shoot two, three feet behind the line, he's good for it. Yeah, when you're like, and that's the thing. Like when you're short, like that's what you need to be able to do, is right, yep. be able to shoot from distance. And that's something that he's shown that he's been able to do. And like I, I, I pretty, I feel pretty confident when Fred shoots the ball. So yeah, yeah. And again, like he's shown that he can do it at a high clip, over like a 
fair number of games. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, when you're the finals MVP, like the real finals MVP, like <laughs> I don't think there's any reason to put a cap on your game. I mean, you know, Kawhi couldn't guard stuff, but Fred could, so. Yeah, man. Uh, and then the last topic I have before we go to Twitter questions. Um, how much how much do you care about this Team Canada thing? Like, the fact that they had 17 players in the NBA who are Canadian. Two of them ended up on the roster. They get smacked up by Lithuania and Australia. They're out of the tournament, like, within three days. Um, do you care about this at all? Is this I know we talk about it a lot, but, like, the thing that doesn't get into the media a lot is kind of, like, what the Team Canada ops is like. Mm. So I don't want to put too much blame on these dudes for not showing up because I'm not entirely sure how the program runs, to be honest. Yeah, it, uh, it does seem questionable. It does seem questionable. It does reasonably seem questionable when the best part of the program is literally Nick Nurse. Yeah, that's, that's uh, not a good thing, you know? And when you've got Steve Nash talking about he's like, oh, yeah, I love playing for Team Canada that one time in the year 2000. And then he just never played after that. It's like, okay. Word. Cool, buddy. But, like, that's fine and all. I think it's going to be a, like, it'll be more of a disappointment if next year they fail to qualify. Like, if they fail to qualify for the Olympics. I mean, they're probably not going to qualify for the Olympics. Like, we'll just, yeah. we'll just say it right here. But like, this is going to be real tough. I think, when they, I think when that finally hits where they didn't, didn't qualify for the Olympics and all these dudes are in their mid-20s, and it was like, wow, y'all really blew it. And then I think it's going to be if they – I think that's probably going to be the, the – what's it called? The lightning pole. The lightning whatever. Well, I, I mean, you probably got to reset the yeah. program at that point. But then are you yeah. going to keep – Reset like, the program, but do? that's probably the one – that's also, like, the, where are these big executives out there in Canada that are just going to be like, I'll take this program on? Yeah. You know? Brian like, Glenn Grunwald's probably, like, as far as you can reach. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, like, if they don't qualify, that's something that you reset the program, and that's when you really make, um, make a push to these guys who are, like, early 20s, mid-20s. Like, hey, do you guys want to be part of the team that, like, brings – like basically sets this program's legacy up, mm. <laughs> right? Do you want to be that team? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of like sort of like how the two thousand how the two thousand and eight U.S. team was, right? Where like basically that program died for two years, they lost. But this would be the big one, right? It's like where you have the NBA guys to actually have a good team out there, and nobody showed up. So like it. In the next Olympic run, the next World Championship run, when R.J. Barrett's like 21, 22, Jamal Murray's in the dead center of his prime, Andrew Wiggins is either, you know, a bust, like a confirmed, confirmed bust, or in the dead center of his prime. And you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikhil Alexander, Mm -hmm. uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, all these dudes who will basically be in like their mid-20s to early 30s at the latest with Corey Joseph. Like, that should be a team that does really well. And if those guys don't show up then, then it's kind of like, all right, you know yeah. what? That's just that's just what you're dealing with. It's just not in the culture. Then that's fine. But I do think that the Olympics is probably the one that people would show up for. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But you people gotta get there. definitely you go to the Olympics. But nobody wants because to help them get to Because people care about the Olympics, right? Like, nobody, nobody in Canada is actually, like, outside of the basketball people, nobody's in Canada is watching these stupid, uh, yeah. the, world, the world basketball tournament. But if it was the Olympics... Everybody in Canada will be watching. Yeah, definitely. Just because it's the Olympics. Because people actually care about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I understand, like, that's not how, like, the math works in terms of qualifying. Like, this is a more weighted tournament. 
But again, I think you're going to get guys to show up for the Olympics. But the problem is we got to qualify for the Olympics first. Yeah. Uh, so how are we going to do that if no one keeps showing up? Like legitimately, I think we should have been able to beat Australia. I think if we had a full roster easily. I mean, yo, like, this even, is the thing. Even if you had, even if you had Jamal Murray on this team, if he was healthy enough to go, mm. right? Which is questionable. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, like if Jamal Murray, if Jamal Murray was on this roster, you'd actually have a shot at squeaking out a win. Against sure. Australia. Sure, sure. Because, like, the biggest thing was, like, that Australia game, you watched it, it was, like, Corey Joseph was in foul trouble for the first, like, basically half, three quarters. And anytime Corey Joseph was on the, off the floor, they had no offense. Anytime Corey Joseph was on the floor, suddenly they're this, like, penetrating, like, mm. like, threes flying from everywhere, and they have an offense. You had Jamal Murray, who was, like, twice the player Corey Joseph is. Like, I love Corey Joseph, but Jamal Murray's, like, like, yes. like he's going to beat his guy off the dribble every single time in international play. Like, you add even that factor as a penetrator, and suddenly, like, it opens it up. Because, like, the Team Canada guys that are on there, it's not like they're bad. It's just that they, like, none of them are good enough to. Yeah, yeah. They're overstretched. Like, I, I look, I look at the starting lineup, like, that Canada's putting out there with, like, Joseph, Pangos, Edgem, Wiltshire, and Birch. I'm like, if that's a second unit, fantastic. You're, you're fantastic, right? But as a first unit, nah, that's I don't know. Tough. I don't, and here's the thing, though. I, I do question, though, like, these guys are so young, and so much of the FIBA game is, like, a half-court game. Like, literally nobody plays in transition. Like, you, like NBA, like, probably 25% of the possessions are transition. Like, in the yeah. FIBA game, it's, like, 10, maybe. And so, like, that really affects players. Like, first of all, the court is smaller. The three-point line is a little bit shorter. So, like, what that means is, like, the paint is, like, really congested. Like, if you're, like, a Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook will probably dominate because he's that good. But, like, if you're a Westbrook type of guy and you're playing this type of game where it's mostly half court, like, you're probably not going to succeed. Yeah. And, like, like, some of the younger guys, like, this game is so much about strength and sort of your ability to be well-rounded and play in the mid-range and, you know, basically succeed at every level. Obviously, you got to play a role and you got to accept your role and you got to really um, work together as a team. Like, for a bunch of young guys to execute that, that's why I'm like, even if they got a lot of these guys, like, I think Jamal would have been a very impactful guy. I think Tristan would have been but really good for this. But that's he's, like, closer to being, a, like, a, like he's been in the NBA a while. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's played big games. Like, like if the U- Team USA had Zion Williamson, what? He's like, not doing anything, Zion's man. not doing anything. No. He's getting, like, he's not going to be able to do too much against Turkey. Like, he'll have a couple of big defensive plays. Sure. But on offense in the half court, like, it's too clogged up. So, like, how much value are you really going to get? Like, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get a bunch of young guys that are going to be trying to speed up the game, which is, okay, that's good. You can try to outspeed teams. Or you're just going to have a bunch of dudes kind of passing around the perimeter and taking, like, a three, which, hey, that's fine. But, again, like, Team Canada, even if all the guys showed up, who's the big man for this team? Tristan. Like, I mean, Tristan. Kelly. Yeah, Tristan, Ke- Tristan, Kelly's Kem, good for this tournament. Kelly, I think, Kelly. is a really good half court. Yeah, no, but even Kelly's a power forward, right? Like, he's not like yeah. a big center. Like, you're going up against like they get destroyed by uh, Jokic. They get destroyed oh, yeah. by Marcus Saul. Like, you're talking about like yeah. these big dudes who just like literally move you out of the paint, and that's the one thing. Like, yeah, this I team lacks size, man. It's a Canada, small Canada, team. like even our best players aren't really that thick. It's and really just Tristan. Thick, you gotta have a little bit of thickness, like Tristan Thompson, Anthony Bennett, who wasn't even good enough to make this team. I don't think. Why did they invite Anthony Bennett, or why didn't they invite like uh, Andrew Nicholson or like Nick Stauskas? Andrew Nicholson would have been able to. I don't know if maybe he just didn't. He declined, or maybe he's declined that much athletically that he can't go. But like, bro, Andrew Nicholson's yo, an automatic bucket in a post up, man. Like, really, why wouldn't he work? 
they really have Owen Klassen out there. Come on, man. I don't like. I appreciate that he's doing this for free. I, I appreciate that he feels his duty and he's doing his best. But like, but this Owen guy is like if Tyler Hansborough had no hustle. Class man. of basketball league. Owen Klassen is six foot six. Blake Murphy. <laughs> I'll be honest. I legit thought Blake Murphy was on the court. I was watching a couple of games. I'm like, is that Blake Murphy? It's like, no, that's uh, some guy. It's Owen like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's Owen Klassen. Yo, dude, this guy got blocked by Kemba Walker at the rim. <laughs> Kemba Walker. Come on, man. Kemba's like 6-1. And they got blocked by Senegal like multiple times. Going Kemba's 5'9", buddy. Kemba is like 5'9". Yeah. And he's blocking a center. Going for a two-handed dunk. Yikes. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This probably is running long, but, you know, we, we got nothing else to do. And you got nothing else to do either. It's the summertime. Uh, and we're going to come back on the other side with some Twitter questions. Back to the second half of the Rappers Over Everything podcast. Still here with Assad. Taking Twitter questions. Uh, first one from Robert A. Senta. What is more likely to happen at the home opener? Kyle Ira draws a charge against Zion or Zion tries to back Kyle down in the post and it ends badly for the rookie? It's, it's a good question because uh, I can see both happening like right now. I can picture it. What I really hope happens is Kyle like pulls the chair on Zion and Zion slips. Um... Because if Kyle Irish draws a charge on Zion, like Kyle might be out for like fifteen games. Yeah, yikes! I actually don't think that we're gonna get any. Um, I think the Zion Kyle play that we're gonna get is Zion's gonna try to post up somebody, and Kyle is gonna dig and steal the ball from him. Mm. I can that's the play that's that actually too. gonna happen. He's gonna lose the ball three times while posting up, and he's gonna dunk the hell out of like. I don't know, Stanley Johnson or something? I don't know. Yeah, Ronda Hollis Jefferson getting on a poster immediately. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. No, no, you know what's, what's going to be? Mark, Mark is catching a poster. No. That's what's actually going to happen. When is Mark, Mark is getting postered, get, man? Mark is getting postered by Zion like Blake no. did his brother. <laughs> like, Mark's going to go for a board, and Zion's just going to climb his back and just destroy him. That's actually what's going to happen. Poor Mark. Oh, man. I was going to say, Mark doesn't really get postered that much, man. Yeah, he's going to be over the back. 100% over the back. Zion just dunks on his head. And it's like, oh, man. That, that home opener is going to be interesting, man. Uh, I, apparently, there was a pre-sale for it today uh, for tickets. And, yeah, I mean, I, I saw, like, the average is, like, 350 That's, that's tough <laughs> for, like, standing room. I mean, I mean, like, to be fair, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see Kyle Larry get a ring and Messiah get a ring. And, you know, Zion's there. It's a home opener for the whole season. It's a season opener. Like it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I get it. But you see the banner go up for the first time. But man, that's that's a lot of money. Um, next one from Iman. Could we unlock another level from OG by giving him cornrows? Hmm. He he could change it up a little. Yeah, he could. I'd love to see him go like half row, half cornrows. Like, uh, are you talking about like? Andrew Bynum, when he was recovering yeah. from his knee injury. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. OG could rock it. 
Yeah, probably. that was short shorts, baby. A short shorts and a, like a puff jacket. The only thing is, if OG if OG rocks cornrows, as soon as he bricks a three or like mm. gets a charge or something, Twitter's gonna be like, "Oh, Kawhi Leonard, haha." Yeah, and that's just gonna be yeah, poor OG. I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best for OG this season. I think he's gonna Same. be incredible. But I feel like Twitter's ready to just destroy him. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned this on a previous pod, man. Raptors, Raptors fans just kind of have, just need a lightning rod every single season. It's like it's yeah. been JV, it's been Terrence Ross, you know, it's been Pat Patterson at times, it's been James Johnson, and you know, it's just gonna be OG this year. It sucks, but it's already set up that way. Yeah. Leave the kid alone, man. Um, okay, so for the next one from Brian, well, the Raptors. 2019 championship run next season a lot of teams will believe that they can win a title how do you think the east will shape up and how many 50 win teams and will the eighth seed have a negative 500 win percentage so um all right it's a lot of things um so how many teams do you think can win 50 games in the east six or seven six or seven yeah wait did 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 the eight seed this year were they positive it was the Magic, right? Magic were no. 42 and 40, or were they 40 and 42? It was the Pistons. The Pistons were one game over to 500. They were, oh, sorry, there were two games yeah. over to 500. They were like 40 and 42. I think it's going to be the same case, man. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is, Milwaukee's going to shred every single team they play in the East. It's not yeah. going to be close. Uh, that's barring uh, injury, though. They don't really have, like, depth. I mean, I guess Giannis is going to be healthy because he's, he's, he's nah, Giannis. Man. But... Here's the thing. Like, yo, at the end of the day, the Eastern Conference legit is trash. It's so Still, bad. Still to this day. Like, even the teams that picked up guys, they picked up offensive guys, and they ha- don't really have the defense. Like, there's nobody in the East that can guard Giannis. There's nobody in the East that can guard Joel Embiid outside of the Raptors. Like, what are, like, they're not, these teams aren't going to do that. Like, in, here's the thing. Indiana's going to be over 500, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And people have them as, like, a top five team. But here's the thing. If Victor Oladipo doesn't come back till December, it takes them another two months to get healthy. That team's like they're not that good. They just don't they're have not. the guys. They're really not that good. Like you're telling yeah, like, me, you're gonna come how many out here mid-range with TJ jumpers Warren? are you gonna? How many mid-range jumpers are you gonna hit? Like yeah. And TJ Warren's not. I, I I don't get the love affair with TJ Warren. The people keep going. Oh, TJ Warren's so good. I'm like I he, I thought he, it, he's I thought it was like legit bad. Like the Suns wanted to get rid of him, bro. Okay, Suns. Well, the Suns don't know shit. Yeah, no, but TJ Warren's not good. He's yeah. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's like a. A worse Harrison Barnes. At least Harrison Barnes can hit a three. TJ can hit like some threes, but like I don't know. He's yeah, like Jeff Green esque. I don't know. Like let's count down the teams, right? So like my order personally, I have it as uh, uh, Milwaukee, Philly, Toronto. Yep. Then you've got in the next tier, you've got Bot, and I'm not doing this in order, obviously. Boston, Indiana, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, which Miami. I'm iffy on. I'll be honest. I'm iffy on Brooklyn. Nah, they'll be all right, man. They they'll be all time. right. They got like, good people shooting. Have to, people have them at like the five seed, the four seed, and I'm like, I don't think they're going to be a five or four seed. Yeah. Like, they were barely in seven or eight seed last year, right? They were at what, the eight seed or seven seed? They were a six seed? Uh, they were the but there was seed. a gap. There was a big uh, – there was a gap, though, there right? There was a gap. There was a gap. I don't think they're going to be that much higher than that. Like, when's KD coming back? Like – not this season, most Not likely. Not this season, no. Because he got so, injured in the finals. So, like, okay, let's, a full let's year see, is let's see, let's see how much long. better that team is without D'Angelo and without... Who else did they lose? Jared Dudley. 
Jared Jared Dudley was like a big piece for them. Okay, okay? but they got like a, they got Torian Prince. I like Torian Prince. Oh yeah, they got Torian Prince. Oh yeah, but wasn't he sixth man of the year this year? Uh, he was supposed to be most improved. It was my nerd <laughs> pick because I had watched a lot of him roasting Pau Gasol in preseason. And I'm like, no, Torian Prince could do something. He's a good player. He really is good. He's just yeah. not consistent. Yeah, we'll they see. Lost how, like, they, too. they look like they look like a forty to forty five win team to me personally. Mm. Like, yeah, in, yeah, they like, do. But, like, but I mean, forty to forty-five, like that's equation. that's probably the fifth seed. Like, that's probably yeah, forty to forty-five is probably your sixth seed, to be honest. Yeah, like I think, or Orlando's think Boston, in there. Orlando, yeah, Orlando. Everyone's really big on Orlando because they ended the season off really well. I don't know. <laughs> I think that team's not could, that good. Man. I could honestly, I could see that roster going thirty-eight and forty-four. It's Orlando, man, and it wouldn't be a surprise to me. Like you're talking about, like you had, you got contract to your Terrence Ross and you got contract to your Nick Vucevic. Yeah. You're expecting that to repeat itself. And then also you're expecting growth and you're expecting all that to meld together. And they have, who, they, who the hell did they sign for a lot of money? The guy from Portland? Um, oh, uh, uh, RPM God, Al Aminu. Al Aminu. Yeah. So, yeah. See how that works because defense was their issue last year, yeah. apparently. The team that couldn't even like score eighty five points. No, but, they really okay. couldn't. They still got Michael Carter Williams running back a point. Dude, they still have DJ Augustine a point, right? Yo, they've had DJ Augustine running. How do you go from having Jameer Nelson, which is like a fine average guard, to that going to DJ Augustine? That's your whole decade. That's what that's what held you over this whole time. And then you like, traded Victor Oladipo for nothing. Like, man, and it's not even hard to get a point guard. Like, there's so many point guards They're everywhere, dog. They're everywhere. The only team that can't get a point guard is Phoenix. And they and they had three point guards at least at one point. So yeah, they went from three point guards, no point guards. They, yeah, Orlando's a weird team. I don't know why people have them as high as they do. It, I like, don't oh. see the upside with Orlando. Like I mean, like maybe if Aaron Gordon takes a leap, but like I don't know, man. Aaron Gordon's Oops. decent, but and these are a lot of teams that either have like good defenses and bad offenses, or like good offenses and bad defenses. Yeah, so they're imperfect. All, all those of them are imperfect. Like if you're that imperfect, especially, and these are all teams that may, like they don't have like an eight man rotation that's tight. They have like four guys that are tight, and then they're iffy on the other four, mm-hmm. and they're kind of hoping one hits on any given night. So those type of teams, like you have so many of those teams. Like Miami's one of those teams. Um, now if Miami had Russell Westbrook, maybe I'd be a little more interested, but I'm not, just because Russell Westbrook wins you regular season games especially in the Eastern Conference, but yep. they don't. They just have Jimmy Butler, so we'll see where that goes. Because um, the Bulls team that was led by Jimmy Butler and a bunch of vets was, like, barely an eight seed. So let's see what an older Jimmy Butler can do with a Miami. Like, what, maybe Deion Waiters comes back really awesome. But, again, they just have a bunch of dudes playing the same position. Like, these are all these teams are built like, yeah, they would be the seventh or eighth seed. But there's so many of them that they're going to slot from four to four to eight. Yeah, I just don't. Really I just think you're just gonna have all these teams that we listed. So Boston's gonna be on the high side. They'll probably be in the 44 to 48 mm-hmm. win territory. And if everything hits, maybe they get to 50. Yeah, and Indiana is- just because Indiana just because of their injury luck, I'd have them anywhere between 38 to 46 wins in a season. 46 if everyone comes back really healthy early. Um, 38 if like you know they struggle, but they could go down pretty quickly, and then they might be trading off guys. Who knows? Because Domantas Sabonis is a pretty big trade asset. Yeah, um, he's nice. I like the Raptors to get him. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's also like a 42 to 46 win team without KD. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Miami. 
38 to 46 wins. They're in that range. Yeah. Probably 44 wins, actually. 38 to 44 wins. Uh, who else am I missing? <laughs> just, Detroit. Yo, just pencil Detroit? the heat in every single year for 44 yeah. wins. Bro, man. like, look at Detroit. Look at Detroit. Who the hell is on Detroit's team again? Like, bro, even old. He's going to be coaching. Did Blake, have another, did Blake have another surgery this summer or no? No, this time he's fine. He just went to Montreal for uh, just, oh, yeah, just the last. Yeah. Great. He did some great work in Montreal. I'm not going to lie. He yeah, I, I like Blake. I like Blake as a guy. Yeah, he's awesome. So, like. Dwayne Casey's going to get them to 38 to 44 wins again. Like, Yo, you, you know Derrick Rose is going to lead that team in shots. Oh, my God. Derrick Rose is on that team. I Oh, my God. That team is winning 36 games. Yo. Pencil it in. Oh, 36 man. games. Who else is in the East that people are saying can make the playoffs? I mean, people are starting to talk up the Bulls. I'm like, yo, what are we doing, man? What are the we Bulls doing? Bulls are winning 30 games, man. The what are Bulls? we talking about? The, the Bulls are paying They can't guard. Felicio. They don't have anyone who can guard. They don't have any defenders. None. Like, what are we doing? And they all have they bigs have that play the same position. And they, don't, they have a bunch of young dudes who don't guard. Like, they're going to they're gonna get run over by, like, all the top teams in the East. Yeah. Like, who are the, Atlanta's not doing anything. No. Um, Bulls aren't doing anything. The Hornets are definitely not no, doing anything. No, they're bad. They're the um, worst team in the league. What other teams are there in the East? Wizards. The I Wizards know. aren't doing anything. The Knicks, obviously. I should know the Knicks are the worst team in the league. My bad. Knicks yeah, the Knicks. The That's five teams. So we kind of five teams in the East that are definitely not making the playoffs. Yep. Um, and who else is left in the East, man? It's Cleveland. Like this is <laughs> Cleveland. They're not doing anything. Yo, there's so teams. many bad teams in the East. Go oh, God. There's so many bad teams. Like you're yeah. talking about, like you're playing fifty game, fifty two games in the East, fifty fifty two games in the East. Like twenty eight to thirty five of those are easy wins. Yeah. If you're if you're like when like Milwaukee and Philadelphia are easily going to pick up 36 to 40 wins just in the Eastern Conference. They should based yeah. on talent. No, the Raptors definitely. based on continuity and defense could I have them penciled in for 35 wins in the East out of their 50. They go 35 and 15 in the East. Like the only teams are going to be definitely losing to are like Milwaukee, Philadelphia, they might drop a game against Boston, they might drop a game against Brooklyn. Maybe they drop a game against Orlando, and you pencil in a couple. That's 11, 12 losses. Like, yeah, but it's not going to be a high number. You're, yeah, you're winning thirty five to thirty eight games in the East. So like, then all you got to do is you got to like split in the West. Mm. It's not too bad. You can split in the West because Western Conference teams come out here. They'll they're going to throw a game. They're going to catch some people at the end of road trips in the East. So like, yeah, you're going to you split the West. You're suddenly like at fifty wins, fifty two wins. That's and thing, that's man. kind of how the top teams. That's why, like, in the Eastern Conference, people are like, oh, those bottom teams, they all look kind of interesting. It's like, no, but they're going to get steamrolled by the teams up top. Yeah. And they're going to get steamrolled by the Western Conference teams. So, like, those guys are going to pile up a ton of losses. And it's like, okay, they're going to play amongst each other and try to get to 40 wins. Let's see it happen. Mm. So that's why I just don't see the number of wins being possible for, like, the eight seed to also be plus. Yeah, no, that eight, that, that eight. Seed is going to be negative for like the umpteenth time, man. Every single year that you used the eighth seed is just hot garbage. Um, from Music Scene Vermin Supreme, can you two discuss how amazing but hilarious looking that Gasol 30 footer was? Honestly, I, I like that every time Gasol like does something on the basketball court, he almost does it with like a little bit of like disgust. Like, oh, I guess I have to. Yeah. 
so my my big thing is Marcus Hall. Uh, like he reminds me of like a circus bear or like a walrus at like a circus or like a seal, yeah. like a giant seal at a circus. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like balancing balancing a giant like uh like one of those giant inflatable balls. That's what. Are you, are you just thinking about Matt Circus? Yes, I'm thinking about Matt Circus. Marcus Hall <laughs> was in Matt Circus. <laughs> Yo, Marcus Hall seems like the type that would play like, Matt Circus. He's like a giant circus bear, right? Like that's what like he looks like a bear first of all, just in terms of size and yeah, like. It was perfect. Like, he was he, on the Grizzlies, man. Dude. He is one hundred percent from the, like the Cottonelle commercial. He's the Papa Bear from the Cottonelle commercial. He's built the exact same. Anyways, <laughs> you're telling me Marcus Sell's got little little patches on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't oh, be surprised. Man. Anyways, yeah, and that's the thing with Mark. Like, it's actually I was thinking about it the other day. Like, he's surprisingly like a really really freaking good three point shooter. And it's just like it's just that his misses look bad because of the way he looks on the court. Like when he misses, it's like oh my god. So no matter where he misses, whether it's in the post or from three, it looks bad. But mm-hmm. he's like, like though that three was in the air for so long. Oh yeah, yeah. Like my god, that was like a solid three seconds off the clock. Uh, and I was like, damn. Shout out Hamad Hadadi. That's my Muslim brother, yo. Shout out Hamad Hadadi. Yo, he 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 looked very old, like so old, like he was balding. <laughs> he looked exhausted. Didn't really have like muscular tone, but he was having a game. And that's what I love to feel about the people. Imagine looking in. old in front of Marcus all, man. Yo, Mark looked just like a baby next to him, man. I'm <laughs> telling you, he looked like 60 years old. I'm like, oh, man, you're seven foot tall, but you're, you're 60 years old. Are you sure you still want to do this? I can't um, wait till Mark averages like 12.7 assists and like six rebounds this season. It's going to be great. Yeah. It'll be I fantastic. It, it really will be like at least five assists for Mark. At least. I cannot wait for the season. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm really excited. I know we're not winning a championship, but I'm just yeah. so excited to see this team. Uh, Jake asks, do you think we're hyping Pascal too much? Damn, bro. What? <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Did we, the Raptors not just win a championship? But now we're back to worrying about for hyping our guy too much? No, man. If Pascal doesn't get to that level, that's too bad. But, like, it's Pascal's already at an amazing level. And also, I don't think players just go into the finals and score 30 points. Just accidentally. Listen. Pascal had 26 listen. and 10 on the road in a closeout finals game. Yo, respect him, please. What are you talking about here? How many how many players in the Eastern Conference can guard Pascal Siakam one-on-one? Honest question. I got three. Maybe four when Kevin Durant's healthy. Yeah, I feel like we got Joel Embiid. Yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yep. Jonathan Isaac, kind of? Nah. Which no. he completely no, annihilated. I saw the playoffs, man. Pascal figured out Isaac. He got underneath and then, him, and then and he then finished Kevin over. Durant. Who else is guarding Pascal Siakam in the Eastern Conference? And then you ask, oh, is Pascal Siakam really that good? Yeah, man. He's been toasting people all season. Like, straight up destroying yeah. them. No, straight up, man. And, like, you're going to see that this season again. It's not like it's going to change. Like, if you give him a one-on-one look, he's going to completely annihilate that person. You've got to bring the help defense over. And that's all that's going to happen. It's like, okay... Like, if Pascal gets his looks off against, and there are a lot of crap teams in the East, mm. there's like 20, there's maybe eight to 10 teams in the NBA that can probably guard Pascal Siakam total. So there's 20 teams in the NBA he just gets to go open season on. Okay, there. Yeah, guys. Pascal's really freaking good. He might not be the playoff go to guy. I'm definitely not saying that. But is he going to be an all star this year? Hell yeah, in the Eastern Conference, he's going to oh, be an yeah. all star. Honestly, again, if the Raptors have a if the Raptors have a good enough record, he's going to be a freaking starter. And again, 
just take that championship. Just remember it. Remember that confidence you were feeling, and just like feel it consistently. Like tattoo it on yourself or something. Like just the Raptors won the championship. And then what, and when you, people when, say, "Well, Pascal didn't shoot that well like, in the like, finals, well, well, when, 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 game four, or game three. and it's like, well, you know what? Your best player wasn't even in the finals. Yeah, straight. Because he's a fraud. Yeah, straight up. Oh man, no Pascal's gonna be fine, guys. Just, just relax. Just relax. If he's not like immediately like the best player in the world, like okay, tough. But like, like Pascal's already good enough to win you the first round of a playoff series. Yeah, yeah. Like you know that he can take out a bottom, bottom, bottom three uh, playoff seed yeah. by himself this season. Yeah, probably. So you know what? Maybe, maybe this season he becomes good enough to get you through two rounds of a playoff series, like two playoff rounds as a higher seed. Mm. In the Eastern Conference, that doesn't mean much, but hey, it means a lot. So, I'm high on Pascal, man. I think he's going to come in. Watch, he's going to start the season, season, man. Bro, At least first four games points. of the four, first four games of the season, he's going to be averaging like 24 points, 12 rebounds, and like four assists. All right, 12 rebounds is a lot for him. Like, but like 24, eight, and, and four. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's going to be like, "Oh crap, he's he's here." Right? Yeah. No, no, he's going to get to 12 rebounds because they're going to start Russell Westbrooking him. Oh, it's like yo, just get him to just get him to fast start no, the fast break. We need him to finish the fast break. I don't need I don't care about that. I just want Kyle to throw the fast break pass to him. That's it. Yeah. You don't you don't need to hang for defensive rebounds. Who cares about rebounds, Pascal? Get your points. Like bro, against the Pelicans, who's guarding him on the Pelicans? Pascal's gonna put thirty that game. Thirty. The Pelicans are gonna crank up the speed because they're tanking and they got young guys. Pascal's gonna put thirty five on them opening night. Mm. He's gonna come down first possession, seventeen seconds left on the shot clock, and he's just gonna pull up from three. Bang, money. And they're so like, oh shit. He hit yeah, above the break now. three. He could, he could do that. He now. hit above the break three. Oh crap. Next position is going to come down mid range jumper. Oh damn. They start guarding him up close and he starts roasting him. He's yeah. got 10 points in the first quarter. That's also the one thing that the only thing that kind of worries me is a lot of people post highlights of Siakam like completely roasting dudes. And they're all like, if you look at the score, they're in the first quarter. Yeah. And I'm like, that's interesting. But also, like, hey, yo, if you got a guy who can get 10 points in the first quarter, then. Yeah. Then you have no complaints. No complaints. Yo, that was man. the Chris Wash special, man. Twelve points in the first quarter, then like four points a quarter the rest of the way. <laughs> but then you look at it, you're like, damn, you had a good game. I mean, you can't really argue with, you know, twenty four points, and you're like, well. And talking about first quarter scores, yo, shout out Jonas Valanciunas, oh, Mister. Twelve points in the first quarter ends with thirteen for the game. <laughs> Gets one more shot in three quarters. Yo, for real, there were some seasons there where JV just like. Unless he, like, fought for an offensive rebound and he had a clear putback, like, he just wasn't touching the ball. Like, they start the game with, like, five post-ups for JV in the first six minutes. He yep. scores on four of them and then never go back to him. And then, then JV Hive goes crazy on Twitter. Yeah. And it's like, well, honestly. Those were, those were dark the- times. Now we have Marcus Law making the right decision every single play. And stuff. yet still, wait till halfway through the season, oh. they'll start the like you know they're ready they're so ready the raptors will be much better with jv in this situation i'm like yeah i'm, I'm over they, it. They, they wouldn't have a ring but you know they'd have jv but his pr is like amari stoudemire-esque <laughs> uh okay last one from kate the one hernandez asked for food recommendations the other day why are you sending the rookie for a taste of toronto now granted this we gotta we gotta keep in mind the the rookie budget is is not not as he can't be going to, I don't know, Cactus Club nightly, you know. Yeah. So just hopping in on this chicken sandwich craze is kind of going around. I know the Popeye chicken sandwich isn't available in Canada yet, but I'm going to send him to a 
Canadian fried chicken place that I have recently fallen in love with again okay. is uh, Mary Brown's. He's going to go there on a Monday, get the spicy chicken sandwich from Mary Brown, put the pickle on top. They serve it to your table. It's freaking fantastic customer service. I don't know if that's franchise-wide, but the one I go to does that. Okay, It's a fantastic chicken sandwich, and you get it for 4 bucks on a Monday. So go Big Mary Monday, Duan Hernandez on you, – you know, that's great. You get like two. Get two. Get two. Get the spicy. They got a Buffalo Mary right now. I actually saw that today. Limited time only. Go give that a try. Solid chicken sandwich. Canadian fried chicken. Mary Brown's. They're solid. They got good taters too. Get the taters. Um, I would suggest – well, first off, I think I – mean, this is biased, but the best food – what what Toronto really excels at in terms of the food scene is like various Asian foods, various South Asian foods, and also Middle Eastern food. Yeah, and Caribbean food. And Caribbean food. Yeah, those four. Those four are the real pillars. Like if you if you're trying to have like top tier Italian, I guess you can have that here, like French or whatever. But like I mean, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm I lean more towards those kind of palettes regardless but like you can't go wrong with like a korean barbecue for example like you know this man came from like he played in miami and stuff i don't think he was having korean barbecue in miami probably having like cubanos and stuff but like you know come up here go to like mapo korean barbecue you know just barbecue some random meat and uh enjoy yourself have some soju you know it's a great time what else what's that place uh we went to for the raptors karaoke or at least i i put you guys at and then i dipped Dude, what do you mean you dipped? I drove you home, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I also dipped. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. You didn't even go. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but shout out Barrio Coreano. Yeah, great place. Also in uh, Koreatown. Shout out Money in a Grave as well. I feel like we listened to that song like probably 14 times. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Uh, I mean, yeah, lots of good Asian food throughout. I mean, like, I'm sure Serge was taking the roll sign at some point. Um. Magical Taste of China is pretty good with the, the Xinjiang flavors. Um, where else? Panjara on Bloor. I feel like this is just places I would go. <laughs> it's not for Juan Hernandez. This is where you would statistically be likely to catch me on like a Thursday yeah. night. But I don't think there's anywhere you could kind of go wrong. Uh, just, uh, you know. CNE's still in town, so just go to CNE. Go try some of that stuff out. Is it? I thought it was over. Is it over? Yeah, is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Labor Day weekend yeah, last weekend, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. I've been to CNE once in my life. That's enough. Last year. Won That's a giant Pikachu. On the uh, on the basketball game? Oh, yeah. Obviously, man. Man, I'm not going to lie. I got scammed like 50. I got, I got scammed out of 10 bucks for that. Bro, come on, man. I bought, I bought three shots for 10 bucks, and I only needed two of them because, you know, that's how it goes. Well, That's how it goes, man. You roll with me, I'll get you a Pikachu next year, bro. Trust. I would, I will. Yeah, you could be my CNE shorty next year. <laughs> Just shout out to all the uh, CNE shorties out there. All right, well, this podcast has gone long enough. Asad, thanks for coming to the podcast as always. Um, what do you want to plug? Uh, I got nothing to plug right now. Um, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, our lasers. Uh, what's your IG game like I, since I don't have Instagram I don't know what people are doing with their my IG's fine moves. but like I'll be honest I keep IG kind of local uh, kind of okay. close-knit I don't really do too much on IG like if you follow me on IG if I don't actually know you I'm probably not going to follow you back just because 
I don't really care about your updates. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, but if I if I don't know you follow me on Twitter, I'm like I'm on Twitter a lot more. So uh, definitely. I interact with a lot of people on Twitter. If you hop in my mentions, I'll probably, you know, I'll either roast you if you're talking mad nonsense. Uh, but yeah. All right, there you That's go. That's about it. Swar lasers. All right, thanks, buddy. I'll catch you uh, another time. And uh, as for the podcast, it'll be back next week with more basketball talk. Look, listen, training camp is almost here. All right, you just got to stick through it. Every week, we're going to have a podcast. We're going to talk Raptors. It might be a little bit repetitive, but training camp is right around the corner. And, like, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast at this point, Seriously. at like this time marker for this week, like, buddy. Yeah. Just take a break. Honestly, I say take a week off. As Usher uh, said, obviously, obviously, still download download the podcast and hit play. You don't have to listen to it. You know, just get the views up. But you know, man, just enjoy it before the season starts up again. Because uh, really, there's nothing to be talking about right now. Yeah, I'm dying for like another Rico Hines run, man. <laughs> I'm dying. Does Pascal look like? A, does his bicep look a millimeter larger than it did last season? <laughs> I think his chest looks larger in this photo. I can't believe people are doing that on Twitter, a.k.a. me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, listen, we got to get a retweet somehow, man. It is what it is, you know? Honestly, today I just I legit tweeted, yo, Pascal's going to be so damn good this season. That was the entire tweet. I'm just like, I just need some. But let me just get, let me just get 48 some. 48 likes instantly. <laughs> Cloud points. I said something about Kyle Lowry the other day. Next thing I check, it's got like 200 likes. I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, God. Starved today. Yeah, there you go. All right. We'll be back next week. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.